All right, welcome back, Ranger fans and Toronto Maple Leafs fans. We got a special crossover edition, a post-game edition for you guys here tonight. This is John Chick with Locked On New York Rangers, joined by Michael Stefano of Locked On Toronto Maple Leafs. Michael, how are we doing tonight, buddy? I'm doing great. You know, Maple Leafs came away with the dub. I, I was not going to lie. I was uh, chewing on the fingernails a little bit towards the end of that game. But Jack Campbell, as he's been doing all night long, all season long, really, shut the door and uh, preserved a full two points out of tonight's game for the Leafs. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be uh, it's got to be considered sweet pe- sweet payback, excuse me, for yourself and Toronto Maple Leaf fans, because obviously we saw what happened the first time these two teams met each other this season. That game was also in Toronto. And I will be the first one to admit, Michael, the Rangers had zero business winning that game on that night. I thought they actually played better tonight than they did in that first game, ironically enough. But uh, yeah, congrats on the win. And um, yeah, I mean, any thoughts on, uh, you know, the Maple Leafs uh, winning a low scoring game here against the Rangers? You know, you see all these these stars on both sides and you figure it's going to be a high scoring, high powered affair. And yet we've played a couple of uh, two to one games here. Yeah. You know what? I'll, I'll, this is the type of game that the Maple Leafs have been playing this year. I don't know if this is the same case with the Rangers, but Toronto, it, it, it seems like uh, just these kind of low scoring tight games is the way that they want to play. They're ridding themselves of these six, four, five, four, seven, five track meets. They would much rather grind out a, a two, one, three, nothing win. And that's really what we've been seeing at the Maple Leafs last little bit. I don't know if you're a big uh, betting fan, but I know that some people over at betonline.ag, if they've been betting unders on Maple Leafs games, they've been making some money because a lot of these games have been low scoring, tight, uh, tight checking games. We've had unreal goaltending. And that's basically exactly what we saw again tonight. Yeah, you know, fairly or unfairly, I think at times, you know, in the NHL, you'll see these high-scoring teams uh, sometimes get labeled as kind of being like all skill and no grit. And I will say, uh, seeing the Leafs play the Rangers twice now, uh, I can tell you that is 100% not the case because you watch this game tonight. I mean, the Rangers had to fight for every single inch of ice that they got in this game here. And, you know, just like you said, a grinded out win. And I think uh, anybody who's visiting Bet Online and betting the under on these Maple Leafs game, like you said, they're, uh, they're sitting pretty. Um, and, and, you know, a couple of gritty goals by Leafs tonight, too, I thought. I thought both Maple Leafs goals were somewhat the result of them just outworking the Rangers on a couple of these plays. I know the first one was yeah. uh, more of a result of Igor Shesterkin getting screened more than anything else. But Toronto really went to work in the attacking yeah, zone there and did a great I, job, you know, keeping the puck in there. Totally. But let's not even talk about this. Like, like don't short side the screen there. That's That's hard work. For, for for bunting, you know, working yeah. out in front of, of the goaltender, working. I can't remember exactly which defender it was that he was battling with in front of the net, but he is he's taking a position. He is taking a stance in front of the goalie and purposely trying to screen him. So it's not that that was just Durkin's fault. That, that, was the, that was the whole point of the play, right? And, yeah. and it worked to perfection. You know, they battled, they got the puck down low, then they were able to get it up high to, to Morgan Riley. Bunting goes to the net, screens the goalie, and he fires it wide, and you know, Shesterkin tried to peek one way and the puck went the other. And then uh, next thing you know, you know, it's one nothing, right? So that was that was great. And then, uh, yeah, the second one on the power play, but that was just a nifty little play. You right. got to admit that one. A nice oh, little absolutely. toe drag past, uh, was it Truba that he got the toe drag on? Was it Truba? I think it was Truba. I mean, he's usually out there on the PK. And if I remember correctly, I think it was him on that play there. Yeah. Yeah. And Truba's a good defenseman too. Oh, yeah. So it's not very often they were able to pull the wool over his eyes. But, you know, he gave him a little bit too much space, so he walked in, toe-dragged a little bit past the outstretched stick, and then fires it past Shesterkin. 
turned out to be the game winner. But uh, Morgan Riley, for me, probably the best Maple Leaf of the night. You know, you mentioned bunting a second ago there, and at some point I wanted to ask you about this uh, little side battle that we saw between him and Ryan Strom pretty much the entire night here. Uh, you know, for Strom, uh, it's not that he's like a passive player or that he won't stand up for himself out there because he absolutely will, but I'm not used to seeing him like that fired up and that, you know, willing to mix it up after all these different play stoppages. Uh, how about bunting? Is that kind of his MO? I mean, will he kind of be a little bit of an agitator or was that in any way out of character for him tonight? Just kind of give us a feel for that. Well, let me just put it this way. His nickname is the Greasy Rat. That is legitimately his nickname. So yeah. that probably tells you something. Yeah, he's a, he's a little bit of an a-hole out there, to be quite honest with you. But I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, yeah, he, he was he was get, he's been getting under the skin of of uh, of of opponents all season long. He's been drawing a lot of penalties through it as well. With but so Strom actually did a good job not you know getting under the skin or not uh, falling for the antics, I guess, and doing something stupid to put his team shorthanded. Although I will say this, I am, I don't know, if, how surprised are you that neither of those two ended up in the box there in the third period after he drove to the net and then, you know, yeah. Strom hit him a little shot in the mouth and then Bunting literally drops the mitts and starts to fight, like goes to fight him. And obviously the ref broke it up and didn't allow it to happen. But I thought for sure both of those two were heading off to the box and they just sent them both off to the bench for whatever reason. That, that shocked me, to be honest. Yeah, I thought uh, they would probably end up getting matching minors on that play. You know, like you I said, thought, yeah. it up and, and Bunting even dropped his gloves. Right. And um, I would have 100% welcomed that as a Ranger fan, given the situation that they were in down by a goal at that time. And obviously, you know, if you're down by a goal, you welcome four on four because it opens up the ice a little bit, and especially in a game where, you know, the Maple Leafs are basically just suffocating the Rangers from start to finish. Um, right. Yeah, you know, that, that would have been a great opportunity for the Rangers. But yeah, no, I was, I was very surprised by that as well. Yeah, but to, to answer your question... Yeah, Bunting is uh, quite the agitator out there. He's a he's a greasy, greasy little rat. <laughs> that is a fantastic nickname. I will definitely give him that. And obviously, Michael, you know, we'll keep talking about this in just a second, but I just want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers and Locked on Toronto Maple Leafs is brought to you by Bilt Bar. I love Thanksgiving. All the good food and treats and plenty of them, but maybe you want a yummy dessert that isn't so full of calories and sugar. It is the perfect time for Bilt Bars. Bilt Bar is the new holiday dessert. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. Most built Bars are only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. Low calorie, low carb, low fat, high protein, covered in 100% real chocolate. Built Bar is a great option for you when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, go for a built Bar or two. New surprises all month. Limited time flavors arriving at built.com regularly, so check the site often. There is nothing like a built Bar Black Friday. Mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. And uh, Michael, I figure, you know, we'll just keep this thing rolling here. Uh, were you at all nervous down the stretch? Because I thought the Rangers had a really impressive push uh, in the third period, particularly in the last couple of minutes there. Oh, 100%. Like, th there was the one stop. Uh, you know, Panarin had a breakaway opportunity. Panarin had another good chance along the, uh, you know, or roughly in the slot Campbell kind of the blocker poke that punch that puck away. And then uh, he made an unreal stop on Truba as well. Truba yes. had a really good look um, around the faceoff dot. And I, I thought that was it, to be honest with you, that just seemed like all the momentum was going towards New York's way. And, you know, typically in the past, like Toronto sometimes loses these games, right? They give it up. They lose that game, but this year has been a little different. They haven't, they've actually got a goaltender who, comes up big in these moments, makes these big stops. 
it's really encouraging to see, but absolutely. My heart was racing. Like I said, at the beginning, I was kind of chewing my nails off a little bit, just sitting there, just watching the, the New York Rangers really take control in the last couple of minutes. There, really start to pepper the goaltender. Um, but, uh, you know, th- thankfully, uh, you know, uh, Jack Campbell came up monstrous for the Maple Leafs in that final couple of minutes. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, something that's kind of crazy about the Rangers is that I would have to go back and check this to be 100% sure on this, but this was only their fourth regulation loss this season. And I believe it's the first time that they've pulled the goalie in the last minute or two minutes. I think it was about a minute 30 when they when they took Shesterkin yeah. out. But when they've lost, they've gotten killed. They've gotten killed by the, the Flames a couple of times. And um, so just very, very strange that we're this deep into the season. That's the first time we've seen the Rangers uh, with their goalie pulled. But, uh, you know, speaking of goalies, I definitely want to ask you about Jack Campbell, because for a lot of years, I kind of just thought that this was the guy that backed up Jonathan Quick. And now he's in <laughs> Toronto. And uh, man, is he having a heck of a season for you guys? Uh, were Dude, you expecting not- this or is it kind of out of nowhere? Uh, it's not out of nowhere. Um, yeah. he, he was doing a lot of the same last year and, and I don't blame you for not knowing that obviously yeah. with the division realignments, he didn't get to see Jack Campbell at all. Right. And then even the playoffs, they played the Montreal Canadians. They didn't play any of the American team. So I don't blame any of you guys, uh, you know, in, in the States that are focusing on your division as we did about our division. So like we felt the same way or I, I did, but a lot of Maple Leaf fans felt the same way a couple about a month ago when Shesterkin stood on his head. It's like, who the heck is this guy? Who the heck is this Igor Shosturkin Russian goaltender? He's only been in the league for a couple of years. Barely remember him before the pandemic. And all of a sudden he's out here looking like the second coming of Henrik Lundqvist. It was, it was incredible. Um, and, and I would imagine that like Jack Campbell, there's a lot of people thinking the same thing. Cause the last time that we really saw him in a full-time basis was in LA. And you're right. He was backing up Johnny quick and he wasn't really all that like, he was fine. He was a good backup, but he wasn't anything special. He comes to Toronto, and, man, I don't know what got into this guy. Uh, I, he, he gives a lot of credit to the goalie coach, Steve Briere, here in Toronto. Um, but, boy, has he ever turned into an absolute gem. Um, over the last two seasons, into the start of last year, he leads the NHL, all starters in save percentage. He leads the NHL this season in save percentage, goals against average, goalie wins, starts, Goal saved above average. Like the list goes on and on. He legitimately is having a Vesna esque season. Were we expecting this? Absolutely not. Was I expecting Jack Campbell to legitimately through the first month and a half of the season, the first month of the season, to be the Vesna lead front runner? No, I was not. But he did play really well last year as well. I don't know if you recall this, but he actually broke an NHL record last season and won his first 11 starts of the of, of the season. He was 11-0 in his first 11 starts of the year. Now, that was broken up and split up because he started out as the backup and eventually won the, the, the job. There was an injury in between two. But, you know, he played extremely well last year, won the job from Freddie Anderson, was a starter in the playoffs, was a stud in the playoffs as well. Unfortunately, the big boys didn't get it done for Toronto, but he has carried that play into this season and legitimately, it, it, to me, has been is the Vesna front runner through this point in the year. And no, I cannot tell you that I was expecting to be able to say that on what's today, uh, November 18th to call Jack Campbell uh, the, the, the front runner for the Vesna. No, was not expecting that. Yeah, it's pretty wild, man. And, uh, you know, something that you touched on a minute ago there, and it's something that, you know, we do a lot of crossover specials at Locked On, and I've talked about this with some of the other hosts, but it really did feel last season like there were four separate NHL leagues totally. because they were all 
basically operating independently of each other. And I got to say, man, and I'll let you weigh in, weigh in on this as well. It is such a breath of fresh air for me to see the Rangers play these teams from Canada, play some teams from the Western Conference, you know, go around the country, go to Canada, all this fun stuff. Uh, do you agree? I mean, like last year was unique only playing division rivals, but it got pretty repetitive pretty fast. That's exactly what I was going to say. Like yeah. at first we thought, you know, oh, so cool. And, and, you know, especially in Canada, it was an all Canadian division. So it was a little, it was a little special, right? It's like our whole yeah. country gets to play against each other. You know, you can watch the play a lot more often. You watch the, the talented squad that they had out in Vancouver, good young squad. They're not playing well right now, but good pieces you like to watch, you know, and, and then the, the battle of Montreal and, and, and Ottawa and, you know, but, it, it didn't live up to expectations. It didn't live up to the hype because like you said, after playing the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth time in a year, it did get old. It did get stale. And uh, I wanted nothing more than to, to, to cheer on and like watch Capo Caco or watch Alexi Lafreniere go out and do his thing. Like we didn't get to see any really, unless you sought it out to watch any of Lafreniere's rookie season. And, 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 you know, he was the, the, the number one pick. There was so much hype about him coming into the year. And I mean, unless you went and watched Rangers games on your own, because it wasn't really shown all that much up here in Canada, because it was always the Canadian division games that were being played. You really didn't get to see much of it, which is unfortunate because like you said, or like I said, he was the number one pick, came out of the WHL. He's a Canadian prospect. There was a lot of hype on him and we didn't get to see him for a whole year. You could say the same about tons of different players. Sidney Crosby. Didn't get to watch Sidney Crosby play for a full season. Alex Ovechkin, these absolute stars of the league, and it really sucked. But you know, now we, you, you know, it's back to back to business, back to normal, and uh, finally able to to get a glimpse of all these guys again. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I think the best way to describe it, just a breath of fresh air getting to see all these teams again. But uh, yeah. getting back to the game real quick and something that I wanted to, to ask you about, the third period, you know, the Rangers come out pretty strong. Uh, Igor actually made a save pretty early to keep it from going to three to nothing, which would have been a disaster, you know, the way this game was going. But uh, Dryden Hunt, he gets his first goal as a New York Ranger. And then we get a timeout uh, from Sheldon Keefe. Uh, did you like that move at the time? Because it seemed like the, the Leafs were back on their heels a little bit. I thought it was a smart tactical move uh, from Keefe there. Yeah, totally. I, I actually really, really do. And and for, for whatever reason, I'm I'm always of the belief, like, you can't take your time out with you. So if there's a, a moment within the game where you feel it's it's a good time to take it, do it because you can't take it with you. And um you're right. The the Maple Leafs were kind of on their heels. There was a few shifts, you know, or th they scored the goal there, but there was a couple of shifts where New York was really starting to come on and then they scored. And typically that's when the game starts to tilt a little bit, right? A team is kind of controlling the game and then eventually they get a good bounce and they score. And then all of a sudden, you know, the, the, they get confidence. So I think Sheldon Keefe didn't want the Rangers to get confidence um, and they want to kind of slow them down a little bit. It's very similar to when, uh, you know, in football, when you ice the kicker, it's essentially, I think, what he was trying to do. Let's let's ice the team because they're probably riding high right now. Kick the adrenaline away, and then maybe we can go out there and, and shut things down. Don't let this game get away from us. So we just kind of settled down the team, allowed them to collect themselves after giving up the 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 goal to make it two to one. Um, yeah, I, I was a really big fan of it. What was going through your mind when you saw that uh, timeout come down? 
I mean, yeah, pretty much the same thing. I thought it was a good call. And I think that, um, you know, coaches around the league, I think there's room to maybe improve as far as the strategy behind when you take your timeout. I yeah. realize, you know, it's nice to have it at the end of the game when there's 45 seconds or so left and you're either trying to get the equalizer or prevent the other team from getting the, the tying goal. But uh, to your point there, uh, that was a, a moment in the game where I think the Leafs really needed to just kind of settle everything down a little bit. And uh, I guess it worked out. I mean, the Rangers had a strong third period, but it did seem like that kind of took the air out of their sails, maybe just a little bit for, you know, the next couple of shifts that followed there. What's, uh, you know, you talk of you gave some praise there to Sheldon Keefe, but Gerard Gallant's a fantastic coach, you know, un unrightfully let go by Vegas, if you ask me, and takes the year off, ends up in New York this year, and they've had a nice little turnaround from uh, from last season. You know, what has he done or what has the team been able to do to, uh, that's kind of led to this nice little start for the Rangers. Yeah, I think one of his strengths, and I talked about this in a recent episode, is just getting to know the personality types of all his players and adjusting accordingly. Because, you know, you take uh, Capo Caco and Alexi Lafreniere, for example. Obviously, expectations are tremendously high. Uh, Caco is in his third year. He was the number two pick. Lafreniere is in his second year. He was the number one pick. They want to try to get these guys going a little bit. But when you look at Caco and Lafreniere, I think their personalities are very different. Caco is somebody who kind of needs his coach to play the good cop role a little bit and kind of throw his arm around him and, you know, pump him up a little bit. And um, I think he's done that by, you know, sticking with Capo Caco through his struggles and allowing him to remain on the Artemi Panarin line, which if you're a player on the New York Rangers, the Artemi Panarin line is the place to be. We've seen Panarin and Strom turn pretty much nobody's into, you know, pretty productive players playing on that second line. So imagine what somebody as talented as Kako can do. And then with Lafreniere, you know, we've seen a couple instances where uh, Gallant has challenged him a little bit, even publicly after the one game, saying that he expects a little bit more out of Alexi Lafreniere. And Lafreniere is somebody that I don't think his confidence is ever going to be an issue. And so because of that, I think he's somebody that you can challenge a little bit. So uh, it's just one example or two examples really with Kako and Lafreniere. But I just feel like, you know, he pushes all the right buttons and he knows what kind of players he has on his team. And you know, does the right thing to motivate them and get the best out of them. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll keep rolling on this in just a second, Michael. But first, I just want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by betonline.ag. We are back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code locked on to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports bet online where the game starts. And I just uh, like Mike, I just like to say that I did place a wager at Bet Online before this game. I took right. the Leafs money line, put it with the under. They both hit. Cha ching! Thank there you very you much. Now, now did you parlay it, or were these two separate bets? Oh, I parlayed it. I parlayed oh, that's, that's it. That's I, way to go, I, I had a feeling that, like, like yeah. I the Leafs were riding high, right? This is a team that's won nine of ten games. They've been playing exceptional hockey. So are the Rangers. Don't get me wrong. They've also yeah. played really well. I think they they were on a three or four game winning streak coming into tonight. So these were two teams coming in, but two teams that had terrific goalies. So I I had a feeling this was going to be kind of a clawed out low scoring affair. So I I was all in on the under tonight and I felt that the Maple Leafs just the way that they've been gelling recently, I thought tonight was a big statement game for them. They needed to 
come up with a, 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 another terrific performance. They beat the Nashville Predators the other night in what was probably the most, um, uh, the best game I would say that the Leafs have played in the Sheldon Keefe tenure. I lo- like it was it was near flawless, and I felt that if they could have a second game very similar to it, they won three nothing. If they could have a second game very similar to it in a row, consecutive wins like that. I felt like that would be a really good building block for this club. So I was hoping that that happened, and that's exactly what I saw happen tonight. So I even placed a little bit of – I got a little skin in the game just to prove that I, I I was so – you know, I felt so strongly that it would happen. I put a little cha-ching on the line, and it came through <laughs> thanks to betonline.ag. Hey, you know, sometimes you're just feeling it, and you just have a gut feeling, and you got to roll with it. And, uh, you know, props on hitting on both those bets, man. Very nicely done. Thank you very much. You know what? Yeah. I, I has this been an issue for the Rangers all season long? Because um, the the face off draws is what I'm 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 talking oh, about. Okay. I, I don't think I said exactly what it was. The face off draws, like the the Maple Leafs crushed them the first time around. Eighty percent face off wins tonight for the Maple Leafs. Eighty percent win success, win rate against the New York Rangers. Has this been an issue all season long, or is this just it's, two games where Toronto just happened to totally outpower them? No, it, it's been an issue really for a couple of seasons. It's just not a strength of theirs. I mean, you look at their centers, uh, Mika Zibanejad, about 45% for his career. Ryan Strom, maybe a little bit lower than that. Uh, Kevin Rooney's around, you know, the 45% uh, success rate. Barclay Goodrow is actually above 50%, but they tend to play him on the wing which is one of many reasons why I'd like to see him maybe play some center on the third wing at some point. But yeah, no, it's just something that's not a strength of the Rangers. And I was actually going to ask you the same question, man. Is it a case where the Maple Leafs are really good at it? Because like you said, they've, they've basically mopped the floor with the Rangers in the faceoff circles. These, these first two games that they played each other. They, they are like, they're uh they're a top five team in, in the faceoff draws, but 80% is quite staggering. Like, yeah, not just that, but I mean, see that. Yeah, and how many of them were just clean wins, too? It's not like there was a tie-up and they're fighting for the puck and everything. Right. Like, so many times the puck would drop and it would just go right back to a Toronto defenseman. And, you know, there's another I, offensive possession for this very dangerous team. The Maple Leafs had one, two, three, four, five guys who were perfect in the in the circle tonight. Granted, all right, that's not even a, a fair thing to say, but... F- because well, four of them only had one thing. So that's not fair to say, but uh, okay. So Jason Spezza was five and zero in the draws tonight. Fourth line center, Jason Spezza five and zero in the draws. You had a good game, man. Austin Matthews, 11 and three. What's that? I was just going to say Spezza played a good game, man. I thought he looked good out there for you guys. Veteran, good, solid veteran player. Yeah, he, he, he really did. He's been, he's been like unreal actually for the Maple Leafs for the last two seasons. That's it's a real bang for the buck. I can tell you that, but he was good tonight. Austin Matthews, 11 and three in the draws tonight. David camp was five and two or five and three in the draws tonight. And then, uh, John Tavares, 12 and three in the dot tonight altogether. The team was 37 and nine for 80% win rate. It's unbelievable. And like when you think about why the, the Toronto Maple Leafs like control possession and controlled, you know, this game for a majority of it, it's because they're winning possession. They're winning draws and they're ending up with the puck. I'm big on faceoffs, man. I, you know, I know some people think that it's not really that important and it's more about, you know, time is spent in the attacking zone or this stat or that stat. But 
man, I mean, every time you win a draw, especially if it's in one zone or the other, you know, one attacking zone or your own zone, um, you're either immediately creating a scoring chance for yourself or you're immediately preventing one for the opposing team. Right. And, you know, if you win a zone, if you win a draw in your own zone, who's to say that if you lost that draw, a goal wouldn't have happened. There's no way to ever know that. So I'm big on face-offs, man. And I really wish at some point, you know, not to run anybody out of town or anything like that, but I wish the Rangers would bring in a center who that's kind of his specialty. I was kind of lobbying for that in the off season. Let's bring in a guy who, you know, game on the line, in overtime, whatever it might be, can go out there and you feel really good about his chances to win a draw. Even like you can even like bring in a coach who was extremely successful in the faceoff draw. I'm looking at Ryan Strom tonight for you guys, one for 13. Yeah, it's not a strength one, of his. And I love Strom, one for man, 13. But, yeah. but so Toronto brought in um, Manny Mahaltra to be an assistant. And if you remember Manny Mahaltra back in his playing days, he's well, he was one of the best faceoff guys there was. Yep. So he was an assistant with Vancouver and he improved and, and, and helped them become one of the top face-off teams. And then Toronto ended up picking him up and putting him on the bench. And then, uh, you know, they, they've really, really succeeded um, in this, in the face-off circle as well. So it's not even the fact that you need to get, you know, go out and get guys who know how to win. Obviously that helps, but it's a skill that can be learned. It clearly is a skill that, that, that can be learned. And um, sometimes a, a, just a really good coach can kind of help bring that out as well. Yeah, I mean, and Malhotra is a great example. I mean, he actually started his career, I believe started his career with the Rangers. I remember he was with the Rangers for maybe like two, three seasons. I'd have to go back and check to know for sure. But, I mean, he prolonged his own career just by being so dominant on the face-off circle. So, yeah. I mean, I'll never agree with the these weirdest, sentiments, but it's it's not important. The weirdest part about, about Manny Malhotra, and we're totally going off on a tangent here, but hey, we <laughs> don't good. talk that often. We don't get to do crossovers that often. So yeah. it's, it's just good, fun hockey talk. But yeah. the weirdest thing about Malhotra and the Maple Leafs is – when you think of Manny Malhotra, what do you think of? The face-offs. The face-offs and, and what specific um, you know special teams did he excel in? The PK. Right. He was yeah. a face-off specialist and a penalty kill specialist, yet he's the power play coach for the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> now, he's since kind of been relieved of his power play duties somewhat. Uh, Spencer Carberry came in this year after last year's power play really fizzled out, but I guess he's still involved in what's going on in the power play. But I found that really bizarre when they brought him in last year to be the, the power play coach. I'm like, this guy was a penalty kill phenom. Why is not yeah. he teaching the penalty kill, which was 24th in the league last year? It made no sense to me <laughs> yeah. at all. But uh, yeah, that's just a, a little tangent that I want to go on because I, no, I no, always thought it was kind of funny. It's all cool, man. I'm all for a random discussion about Manny Malhotra every <laughs> once in a while, but uh you know, something I wanted to ask, obviously, you know, the thing that always comes up with the Toronto Maple Leafs, and again, whether this is a fair or unfair label, that's up for debate, but, you know, they're kind of becoming that team. It was the Capitals for a while, then it was the Lightning. Oh, well, they're great in the regular season, then they don't get it done in the playoffs. Um, how much pressure is there on this team to, because I can only assume they're going to make the playoffs, they have a tremendous roster, uh, to at least get past the first round, and how much pressure is on the coach? I mean, could he be in some trouble if if they go down in the first round again? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. If yeah. if this team doesn't get out of the first round, as as high as this team's flying right now, winners of 10 of 11 games, if this team doesn't win the first round, it could all come crashing down. Like there could be some serious um, upheaval here within the organization. It's five straight years that they've been eliminated in round one of the playoffs, and they've been favored probably the last three and have yet to been able to, to kind of um, dude, the, the term that gets brought up here is, is killer instinct. And there's a lack of killer instincts within this team. 
Um, the way that they've been playing recently, though, is is more so the way that you play and win in the playoffs. Because, you know, like I said, they're, they're, they're learning how to play in these tight, low-scoring games. These structure, They're learning to play with structure, with purpose. And I believe this is, this is done because they're trying to just play the way that they are going to have to play to win the playoffs. Like that's the way the style of game that they're, that they're playing right now. You know, they, they don't care. They're not cheating for offense. They're, they're buying in a full five man force um, on defense. They're helping, they're supporting the, the, the defense. And then they're also turning their defense into offense. Like you, you saw tonight guys like David camp and, and Andre Kasha and, and Pierre Engvall, that third line there, you know, they, they always start in the defensive zone, right? Like they're this team's true shutdown, shutdown line, third line, yet they consistently end up in the offensive end and, and always get opportunities. David Camp scored in two straight coming into tonight. He only scored one goal of last year, but he scored two straight coming into tonight. And he had a couple of decent chances actually in tonight's game too. And the second period there, Kasha had an opportunity at one point. Um, so it's kind of the, the, they're, they're playing, I think, right now, a, a way that inspires you if you're a Maple Leafs fan because this is the way that they're going to have to play in the playoffs and the way that you win games in the playoffs. And the fact that they're actually doing it now in the regular season, now they got to build on this. They can't just do it for a week or two and then go back to the way that they, you know, have been playing in the past. But if they can, if this is truly how they want to play for a full 82 game slate and continue it for another 29 W's in the playoffs. I, I think that uh, they, they could find some success, but certainly another first round exit is, uh, is, is not going to go over well here in Toronto. That's for damn sure. No, I totally agree. And you know, there's, there's actually some parallels. I mentioned the lightning a minute ago. They were that team that couldn't get over the hump and couldn't get the job done in the playoffs. But once they started they won I mean, a couple rounds, same with the same with, with well, Washington, true. at least they won a couple rounds. Yeah. They get into the Toronto second round, you know, around. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, like, like with them, you know, they got all the skill in the world and then they actually add a little bit of grit to their team as well. And I think that's when we kind of saw them, you know, take that step forward and become, you know, yeah. uh, you know, obviously two time Stanley cup champions now. So, uh, no, it's very, very important to have that in the playoffs. You can't just trade odd man rushes up and down the ice through four rounds and expect to hoist the cup at the end of all of it. But, uh, yeah, man, I, listen, this has been a ton of fun. Um, anything else you want to add or you want to link up for another, uh, Ranger Leafs crossover at some point? Oh, absolutely. We'll have yeah. to do this again. I, I think the question that I, I'm wondering, uh, you know, from you is because you said you, you you feel like the Maple Leafs are going to make the playoffs and they probably will the way they're playing right now. I, I, at least I hope they do. Fingers crossed. Knock on yeah. some wood here. But I am of the belief that if a team in the Atlantic wants to make the playoffs, they're going to have to finish in one of the three divisional spots because to me, the Metro might be the toughest uh, division in hockey. The way that uh, the way that 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 uh, division is, is currently constructed. I mean, you've got the penguins and Islanders down at the bottom, but they're not even out of it either. Like it's, it's all was there seven, eight teams in the division. Like all of them are, are in contention and are going to be battling all the way till the end of the year, the full 82 game battle. And I think that they're going to take both wildcard spots. So that's, uh, that's how I am. Uh, that's how I've kind of thought how things are going to shake out for the year. What about you? I agree. I think the Metro ends up sending five teams to the playoffs. And it's funny that, you know, you mentioned how difficult of a division that is. I did a crossover with uh, Jay Forrester of Locked On Blue Jackets a little while back. And Jay referred to uh, the Metro Dome as the Thunderdome. Or, yeah, I kind of gave it away there. He referred to the Metro Division as the Thunderdome. 
But, uh, you know, it's so true. I mean, I haven't looked at the standings in the last couple of days, but for a while there, all eight teams in the division Above had more 500. losses. And I'm like, how is that even possible? I know. Like, I know. I know they're playing some out-of-division opponents and everything, but all eight of them? Like, that that's just completely wild. And uh, to your point, you know, I, I wouldn't write off the Penguins so early. I know every year people start to say things like, you know, the Penguins could start to tail off. Maybe the Capitals start to tail off. Those teams are getting a little bit older. I'm at the point where I'll believe it when I see it. I think those teams are always a threat. You they're know? basically 500, and they yeah. haven't had – they've had Crosby for, what, one and a half games? And Pretty they much, haven't yeah. had Malkin at all this season? Gensel missed a bunch. Rust must missed a bunch. Latang missed a bunch. They've had a lot of COVID issues, yet that team somehow is still 500. That team's going to be clawing and, and fighting right to the very end. Now that Crosby's back and healthy, saw he got his first goal uh, tonight, actually, against the Montreal Canadiens. As they blew them out 6 nothing. That's, uh, yeah. As a Toronto that. fan, like to see that. I don't yeah, know if you, you like to see go. that as a Ranger fan, but, um, you know, I think that they're going to be, they're going to be right in there and then even the islanders who are also division dude they've had third they started this season with 13 road games and are still basically a 500 team with 13 road games to start the year it's incredible and they're doing really well up until the last four i just think they just ran out of gas like a full month and a half on the road you, you got to think that's what happened there but they're going to be back home and toronto actually is is going to be facing them uh this weekend they, they've got those two teams the penguins and the Islanders are the, are the two teams that they're going to be going up against this weekend, actually Saturday against the the Penguins, and then they got uh, and then they got the Islanders on uh, on Sunday, I believe. I think it's a back to back, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, Sunday, and then yeah, Saturday they've got the Pens, and then Sunday they got the Islanders. But um, yeah, it's it's a crazy division over there in the Metro. Yeah, and I will say this about the Islanders. You know, they're down in the standings right now. I certainly would not rule them out by any stretch of the imagination as far no. as, you know, making a run at some point this season. And the other thing about the Islanders, and uh, Michael, you might not be aware of this because like we said last year, you know, we had four separate leagues basically. But watching the Rangers play the Islanders eight times last year, I got to tell you, the Islanders play the most boring style of <laughs> hockey I have ever seen. Like, I oh, think I know. hockey is like just the most inherently exciting sport. But watching them, man, it's like watching paint dry. You fall behind 2 nothing to the Islanders, and it feels like you're down 6 to nothing. But I will yeah. say uh, that style of play, and it's something we already talked about, once you get into the playoffs and you're this defensively responsible team, you don't make any mistakes, you're dangerous. That's, that's how the Maple Leafs, I believe, truly, that's how Sheldon Keefe wants this team to play. That's how they want to play. When they beat Nashville the other night, it was 3 nothing, but it was one nothing um, going into the third period. They ended up getting uh, a... a uh, a second goal and then an empty netter to make it three, but it was one, nothing. And, and after the game, they all raved, raved about how well they shut things down in the third period. They were so proud of their, of the way that they, you know, played with structure, played with purpose that they just shut things down defensively and didn't allow Nashville to create anything, no chances. And that's what they were most happy about. So I truly believe that uh, the New York Islanders, the way that they play, it may be boring, but this is a team that's also made it to what back to back Eastern Conference Finals or back to back semifinals, I guess, last year. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's successful. It's successful. And you know, hockey's uh well, sports in general really is um uh what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh a copycat, copycat league. Um and when when you see a team have success like that, 
you know, teams see that and they're like, okay, we can play that way too. And I feel like Toronto, that's kind of somewhat what they're trying to adapt. But luckily they also have guys like Marner and Matthews and Nylander who are super skilled and can get those two, one, two, three, nothing leads uh, pretty quickly and pretty easily. And then they can shut things down. Yeah, it's well, it's funny you mentioned that, too, because, you know, obviously being a Ranger fan, I don't want to see the Islanders win the Stanley Cup. I think that pretty much goes without saying. But the less obvious reason is because they do play that that slow kind of grinding style. And I don't want to see the entire league try to copy that. And then we're back to, you know, the late 90s with the Devils trapping everybody. And, you know, I don't I don't want to go back in time 20 years. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Tell you what, John, before you go, I yeah. there was something that I was talking about on my show today, and I'm curious to get your answer, okay? Um, I'm a I'm a memorabilia guy. I like collecting sports cards and sports memorabilia. Um, for those who are watching, I guess, on, on your YouTube channel, I guess you can probably see some of the stuff back here. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious. My, my weirdest thing that I own, well, there's actually a couple now I think about it, but the weirdest thing that I own is a pair of game used, uh, Ben Hutton gloves, <laughs> <laughs> just totally random. What is, uh, are you a, do you have any type of hockey, uh, or any, I guess, sports memorabilia or any weird collectibles? I that mean, you have? Off the top of my head, and uh, Giants fans will appreciate this one. I still have from when I was a kid. I don't know if anybody remembers uh, Danny Cannell. I believe he was in college, the Florida State quarterback. Okay. And then he came to the Giants, and he had one or two decent seasons with them. But I still have a Danny Cannell signed uh, football card. So I think that's that's definitely got to be pretty high up there for me. There you go. Pretty, pretty random, right? Yeah. I had somebody tweet into my show today uh, that they had a – Oh, who was, who signed it? Some like, it may be, I think it was Wendell Clark. Wendell Clark, a, a Maple Leafs legend, signed a bagel for them. And like, bagel, that like was a bagel that you eat. Yeah, like, like a bagel <laughs> that you eat and put in your mouth. Apparently yeah. it's not. Now I asked for photo evidence of this because that just sounds like a bunch of, a bunch of crock, but, but <laughs> A bagel. Could you imagine you're just like sitting at a, at a oh, I don't know, Timmy's, Dunkin' Donuts, wherever you're at, Starbucks, and you kind of look to your right and you see Wendell Clark or, or you know, you see uh, Mark Messier or something like that sitting there and you walk up to him and all you have is a bagel and you're like, can you sign this for me, please, sir? I, <laughs> I need the autograph. Just sign my bagel. Like, imagine yeah. that. How does that even yeah. happen, dude? I don't know, but I, I can't beat that, man. I, I've got, like no. like I said, the Danny Cannell thing's pretty random, but that takes the cake right there. Absolutely, that takes the cake. I thought it was yeah. hilarious. Someone else shared a story that uh, their mom came home with an autographed photo, uh, and uh, it was autographed by Mr. W. Gretzky. Oh, nice. Yeah, Stuck. Walter Gretzky. Yeah. And he didn't oh, okay, realize okay. it. Okay. No, right? He thought, oh, I got an autograph from Wayne. No, it was his dad, Walter, which it's, still amazing human being, uh, you know, rest in peace to, to Walter. Yeah, yeah. Gretzky, but yeah. it's not the same as thinking you got a, a signed photo of the great one. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm with you there. But just say it's Gretzky or W. Gretzky. That's all you got to do. You're exactly. Not exactly. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Michael, listen, man, this is a ton of fun. Like I said, we will definitely have to do this again the next time these two teams clash. I don't I haven't checked the schedule, but we will definitely make that happen. Absolutely, buddy. Really appreciate it. Let's uh, let my listeners know where they can find you on social media and where they can find the pod. Oh, yeah. So you can find me at jchick17. And then uh, the podcast you can find on any service where you can find podcasts. And as far as the Twitter 
handle is concerned, it is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And how about you, Michael? Uh, where, where can they find you? Uh, you can find my personal uh, Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. You can find the show Twitter at Locked on Leafs. Uh, and then wherever you're finding this podcast and however you're listening to it, you can do the same thing to find the Locked on Leafs podcast as well. All right. Good stuff, man. So, uh, yeah, we'll talk soon. And uh, Ranger fans and Maple Leaf fans, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys next time.